Hello, and welcome to the Brandtune podcast, which covers all things brand related, including the essential trademark and IP dimension. I'm your host, Shireen Smith, IP lawyer, brand manager, and author of the upcoming book, Brandtune, The New Rules of Branding, Strategy, and Intellectual Property. Do sign up on brandtune.com to attend the book launch on the 28th of September, 2021. In this episode, I interviewed a series of business owners to produce a vox pop about what they did when they first started out to create their brands, how did they deal with the IP side of things. There's more information about the various businesses in the show notes. So my first guest was David Horn, who advises businesses that want to achieve exponential growth. His other business, Funding Focus, supports businesses to raise capital. I asked David what brand means to him and to what extent he has worked out his own brand this is what he had to say. I mean, a brand ultimately is is everything to do with a business and how it represents itself to its customers. So it's it's much much more than a name and a logo. Those are just a an outward manifestation. You know, it's it, brand values and the broader brand thing go, go from anything like you know how how do people answer the phone? How do you how do you respond to people in emails? What is your culture like? What is what is the what is you know? I, I saw someone recently saying that a brand is kind of like an iceberg, and the, the the logo is the tip of the iceberg. But so much of the value of the brand is is what you what you don't even see because it lies below the water. And and I thought that was a good analogy. I then asked Paul Griffiths, co-founder of the Aspire Active Education Group, which has been going for fifteen years or so to explain his journey in terms of sorting out his company's brand. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's a journey that's um, really, really changed over time. I think, I think initially, brand has always been really important to, to us, as a, to me as a, as a leader. I've always um, understood the importance of having a strong brand and having an identity, both initially definitely as an organisation, but then also uh, you know, more from an individual perspective as well. Um, because I think it, you know we need that unique identity. Um, our marketplace is is new. It, it's, the sector's only really been around for twenty years. Um, so you know, been going for sixteen of those years. Um, it's changed a lot. There's a lot more um, out there in terms of competition. So the importance of um, having a strong brand, having a professional brand, given the fact that we're working with children, um, and obviously in the education sector, it, it is. Um, very, very important to have a brand that is well respected by the by the customer base. Um, so the transition really over those years has been um, one of um, really kind of, I suppose, from a leadership perspective, making sure that our team um, and our customers um, and the partners that we work with, those stakeholders, um, understand the importance um, of not only our brand but of, of their of their brands um, as well. 
Yeah, we did. So we, so we, um, the the official uh, name of our organisation uh, was Aspire Sports Health and Fitness Limited, and that was the first limited company um, that we operated through. Um, and that that's changed. We we now have a group structure, um, but Aspire is in pretty much everything. So Aspire Active Education um, is the group company. Uh, within that, we have Aspire Sports Health and Fitness, which is the direct delivery arm. Aspire Training Solutions which is our training arm and then Aspire Active Partnerships, which is the uh, the partner network arm. So for us, it's always important to have um, Aspire as the kind of the, the, the brand name, if you like. Um, and it's something that we understand that needs um, protecting and using in the right way. Uh, and we have a similar approach uh, to Shireen with our, with our, some of our programs. So uh, we have a program, for example, that we, we designed about 10 years ago now called Maths on the Move um so you know it's important that we we are we've designed other programs with other subjects so english on the move for example so um we we've we've always um we've always understood the importance of of um, having something that's aligned with aspire and our brand and some of the programs that we create so and, and the final one is our school holiday so aspire active camps is our school holiday branding as well so yeah aspire really does kind of um, filter through the the organisations and the different arms of the business that we have. This is a really good approach to brand naming because it follows the Virgin approach, a single brand name combined with descriptors, which I approve of for small businesses rather than having lots of different names. So I was curious whether they had any help with the name and brand, and apparently. They did it themselves without help. However, they are keen on learning, so have obviously benefited from that learning in knowing how to do the right thing. No one really. Um, it's it, it came from it came from myself and uh, and James initially, with regards to the name of the brand, um, and then the I think how it flowed through the brand. I think that we had a lot of really positive feedback in the early days from uh, really like the name of your company and what it stands for. And, um, you know, obviously we're inspiring children and uh, children are aspiring to be, um, uh, not just children, everyone we work with is is aspiring to be better versions of themselves, if you like, going forward. So um, it was something that really just stuck. And whenever we have um, meetings, internal meetings, and we, we focus on, new program development or we look at uh, company structure um it kind of just comes naturally i guess that you know i've really thought about it but the whole team really does buy into the who who we are what we do what we stand for and it, it kind of just flows nicely through the company the only um the only i guess advice that we we have had in the past has come from um like an ip um, lawyer as such so to protect some of our, our brand um, and aside from that it's it's really just picked up myself um, and James are, are really big on um, you know on learning we're constantly learning whether it's through courses whether it's reading books listening to podcasts um, but you know especially going back to when we first start, started the business there were some um, some books that we read and you know we didn't have any any business experience but books we read um, and people we spoke to that, that may have run other businesses but you know we, we got talking about branding but we, we've never really engaged with a, a brand expert as such. What actually made you decide you needed to go to IP lawyers? 
Yeah, exactly that. It was it was the um, it was a it was a moment where we realised that somebody had um, copied, pretty much copied and pasted mm-hmm. um, the whole whole website, and we thought oh, that's clearly not on. So we, we I think we'd already been introduced to the IP lawyer at the time. It's kind of like a, just an initial introduction, and you know you need to think about this and think about that. And like most people, well, like small business owners that I know, it's kind of like well okay yeah we'll, we'll we'll get in touch we'll have a meeting at some point it doesn't happen and then something happens and you need to actually have a conversation and you wish you'd have had that conversation months before um but yeah that 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 was the initial prompt um you know even over over um the pandemic in the first lockdown in the summer we had a couple of instances where resources that we had like worked so hard on producing and putting content out there. We had a couple of companies um, just crop up on social media and literally copy what we did. Mm. So, um, you know, there's that initial anger, I guess, of, well, you know, how dare you, you know, kind of yeah. completely <laughs> rip off what we're doing. But then there's, a, there's a reflection, kind of once you can control that, that, that chimp in your head that's telling you to react straight away with an angry response is, well, actually – First of all, you must be doing something right because someone wants to copy you. So, um, but then there's the the kind of moment to pause and think. Right, we we we've been in this situation before. Um, we speak to our IP lawyer. Um, you know, use a template that we've got, or a conversation, or make a phone call, um, send some correspondence, um, and it should be dealt with. And touch wood, every every. Um, Every issue we've had with somebody that has done something and breached our IP, it has been resolved very quickly because of um, the guidance and advice that we've had from our IP lawyer. So, yeah. When were you aware that there is such a thing as IP? I think it's probably probably going back actually to a couple of business courses that myself and my business partner did um, probably back in about the, the recession really around the recession there was something like injections locally um with small business um support and various courses that we went on and i remember one of the modules was around um ip and the importance of um you know protecting your intellectual property so that was the, probably the first instance of oh okay this is this is something that as a small business has only been going a couple of years you know we're not as big we don't employ as many people our turnover isn't as big as some of the other companies in the room so you know it's probably something on our list that we need to look at Um, but but it's probably not something we need to act on straight away Um, you know and looking back that's you know if we were to start up again then 100 that it's one thing that we would get them pretty much straight away uh, and uh, engage with somebody that, that knows what they're talking about that's that's been there done it got the t-shirt and and can can help protect you because you know you can if we hadn't have um, protected um, our brand as such and, and and the content we're producing you know it's how frustrating it would have been to to have somebody you know copy content copy program copy resources and and, and, and literally be stuck and not being able to do anything um, it could be, yeah, you know, it could be disastrous, especially if you're a startup and you look at um, maybe limited funds and and limited cash flow. Um, and it is, in, in my opinion, I think a lot of small businesses and knowing you know the network of organisations that we have, um, it, it is probably something that is on the bottom of a lot of people's lists. But it's something that needs to really be at the top of it because if um, if if you don't protect it, your business could um, be in serious jeopardy pretty quickly 
Gareth Bain of Got Legs Digital had just set up his business. He has a branding background with an honours degree in brand and strategic leadership. I wanted to know Gareth's approach to supporting his clients to choose better names for their brand. Yeah, so in terms of in terms of helping a business choose a business name, um, it, it's something that we can do. We 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 do have clients that have names where we recommend you know a, a name change, uh, either for SEO purposes or for just being top of mind and remembering. Um, in terms of the actual the brand itself, we can help with the the, the colors, the the strategy, the the messaging, um, and and taking them from kind of a cradle to grave um, in a kind of holistic approach. I think a lot of businesses, when they think brand, as I say, they think, well, it's my color and my, my typeface. Um, but it's actually, it's your employees. Uh, it's how you answer the phone. Uh, a, a brand is a promise. Um, and, and this is the, what we try and educate businesses on and saying it's not only your logo and your color, but it's the experience that you give to customers. Because you might want to portray a particular image of being amazing or this and that, but you know what? Your Trustpilot or your Google reviews don't actually, you know, support that because so many people have gone and said they've had a bad service from you. So a brand is bringing that all together, and we do that for for customers. I asked him how intellectual property interplays with the branding work they're doing for their clients. Yeah, I, I think whenever you create a brand, you're creating something that's new. It's your intellectual property. It's your IP that you want to promote. I think basing something on your intellectual property is very hard for your competitors uh, to compete, to replicate. Um, and that's definitely where companies should focus uh, their, their, their main attention on. Um, that's why I'm all about focusing on brand rather than products. It's very easy for a new company to come into the market and go, okay, well, I'm going to start selling you know, a particular product. Whereas if you've built you know, a brand and behind that brand there's intellectual IP and you've got a specific USP based around it, it's much harder for a competitor to come in there and take your market share because you're competing on a much higher level. As opposed to a product level, it's more of an asset level. Um, and by building a brand and an IP into your, your actual business, you're creating that value, which is one day sellable um, when you do want to uh, finally exit your business. Um, I have been in the situation before where we've spent two or three hours of great brainstorming, come up with a name of, a, of an organization or a product, and we go, right, all guns ho. And then we find out that it's actually either copywritten or the website already addressed, really exists. Um, and all that work was for nothing. So it's very important to have that copywritten because the last thing you want is someone stealing your idea, your brand name, and leveraging that in another country, uh, diluting your equity, uh, dissolving your, your brand uh, ethos somewhere else. So right, putting an IP onto a brand is very important. To celebrate the release of the Brandtuned book, we're hosting a launch event on the 28th of September when key figures like Rory Sutherland, David Arker and Rob Myerson are interviewed on video. 
The book is about how to create a distinctive brand using IP to stand out. It's in line with the evidence-based research from the Ehrenberg Bass Institute into how brands grow, which highlighted the important role identifiers like the brand name, logo, symbols, etc. play in bringing brands to mind in consumers' memories. It's critically important to ensure the identifiers created for your brand are legally distinctive and protected in the right way so they prevent competitor copying. Do register to attend and take part in the special offers available. Sign up at brandtune.com. The link is in the show notes. Next, I spoke with Pam Tironi, the Managing Director and CEO at the Pizza Room. She has been in the industry for 12 years and shared her insights on choosing the right help when turning ideas into a brand. Uh, it's very difficult for me um, as a non-expert to know what is uh, available, what is right, what is wrong. So having that confidence that uh, the persons you're talking to are comprehensive, that they know what they're doing and they are uh, trustworthy, you know, that they're not just uh, throwing in a few images and job done, but they're really caring, that that would have made a difference. Um, And in this world, we struggle finding it. I'm still unsure if the agency we are using is the best or if there was something else around. And sometimes it's so difficult to understand what the best is because we are not looking at, um, you know, we are not a multinational as yet. Um, We're just a small business. And as a small business, what we need is to be simple, straightforward, and to grow. Did you think about intellectual property at all, that you were effectively creating intellectual property when you developed the name? Yeah, we copyrighted two uh, brand, two logos, actually, not the, the names, but the logos of uh, the company to protect our intellectual property. Um, um, it is not easy because our names are very common. So the coffee room, the pizza room, uh, generic names, but we did copyright them to protect. We had already people copying us. So um, we had a, a restaurant um, not far from us that uh, uh, has used our our name. And we have a coffee shop that is used this very similar name at too little distance from us. So I've used the copyright to send the cease and desist. Pam discussed a common problem businesses face around employment in terms of finding it difficult to identify the right people to help with the visual identity. Yeah, that was also uh, very hard to to do. So we have employed a person first, which was supposed to be a graphic designer with marketing experience but ended up being more an IT person 
So we moved that person into the uh, web designer and web, web, de web development, which was his actual main field. Then we got another individual, which was uh, apparently, again, expert in marketing and media, but it ended up being very expert in social media, not in actually marketing and the whole concept, but helped anyway to direct to this branding uh, search. And at, I am at the point now where I know I need to hire someone which is very competent in, uh, in marketing and I'm struggling. I'm really struggling because, um, you know, what you see is not what you get or what they tell you is not what you get. So we would love to be able to recruit the right persons, to be able to identify someone that understands and has the next is able to bring us to the next level. Next, I spoke with Jerry McMahon, the founder of the Academy of Light and Soul Discovery Coaching, on how they came up with their brand name. It's about discovering your soul, you know, and I've been really inspired by one of my um, dead, but, you know, shiatsu teachers whose books I used to devour called Shisudo Mazanaga, who's Japanese. And one of the things that he wrote, which always had an impact on me, was on his deathbed, he said, I really wish I'd worked more with people's souls, you know, rather than their bodies or their minds or emotions. And that just had such an impact on me. So, yeah, that's how, how we came up with the Soul, Soul Discovery Academy. Jerry shared some interesting insights on how she attracts the right clients and decides on the type of clients to target. Weirdly enough, just recently in the last kind of week or two, I'm uh, sticking to a schedule of at least three social posts a day and I'm trying to go live on Facebook as often as I can. And to be honest, I just use life to inspire me. You know, I'm I feel really confident at the moment that I have enough knowledge and I have enough wisdom. You know, maybe, yeah, there's a business side that I need to focus on because I ran away from sales and marketing things for many years, as a lot of healers and, and coaches do. Um, but I just use life and weirdly enough, um, you know, my problems and the conflicts that I get over um, and those of my clients who give me permission to to show people that, you know, it's OK. We are actually we're birthing through a very tight, difficult birth canal at the moment. Um, but my God, the light on the other side of this is powerful and incredible. Finally, it was Ian McEwlin's turn to share his story about his brand consulting business, supporting his DJing career. What did he want to achieve for his business? I really want to like dig into the the, the reasons why we do what we do. That's 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 kind of been my driving force. Um, yeah, it's 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 helping people understand. Um, what what the needs are behind the activities that we do. So I, I have this point of view that the needs, beliefs, and values that we have determine our behavior. Um, and too many businesses are focusing on the behavior and like the outside uh, external manifestation of what it is that we do. And really, we need to be spending a bit more time looking inside out. Like what what is what is the values, the beliefs, and the and the needs that are driving that, and creating a space for us to actually look at that. So what would you be studying for that? Is it decision science or? 
It's, it's a little bit of a combination of uh, psychosynthesis, psychoanalysis, uh, behavioral um, science, behavioral economics, um, and, and a whole host of other things. It's, it's essentially really looking at what are the needs that we need to meet it right now in this moment and actually bringing that into an awareness of, okay, what need am I fulfilling? Why am I looking to fulfill it in this way? And start to really reconnect with our authentic human uh, drivers, essentially. Did you feel you had access to the right help to turn your ideas into a business and brand? I think had you asked me that six months ago, I'd have said, yeah, no problem. I've got it all sorted. And I think as I'm starting to really dig in in a much deeper level as to what it is that I want to do, why I want to do it, and, and how I want to do it, I'm realizing that um, I was kidding myself, which is a pattern that I have experienced. Because, um, you know, one of my needs is to feel as though I can do it on my own. Um, but also another one of my needs is to to be supported to do things. So it's kind of playing in that tension of giving myself autonomy, but also a sense of support and um, valuable expertise. Lastly, what are the unknowns you feel you would have benefited from having more help with? Yeah, I think it's around um, finding trusted partners with whom I can bounce ideas off and have experience that I um, both acknowledge and respect so that I don't see it as an attack on my ideas, more of a support and a build on my ideas. I think there's something very interesting in the way that we perceive and uh, react to people's input. And um, I'm becoming more sensitive and aware of finding partners with whom that chemistry is such and the way that they communicate and I communicate with them creates a, uh, a collaborative um, environment and relationship rather than a conflicting environment and relationship. So that's the end of the series of short interviews. Go to the show notes if you want to reach any of the businesses I've been talking with. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do sign up for the Brandtuned Book Launch. Among other benefits of signing up is that you can become a Brandtuned Ambassador and get access to the unique perks, including a no-charge one-to-one consultation with me on Zoom. You'll also be among the first to hear when I launch the Pilot Brandtuned Accelerator. There's more information about the Accelerator over at brandtuned.com.